one step at a time. The Article 7 Podcast. Taking the next step, this is episode three of the series, Dear Timothy, Keep the Faith, and this is a relaunch of the Article 7 podcast. I'm Andy Jago, pastor of Bethany Lutheran Church located at 2501 Beacon Hill Road in Alexandria, Virginia. Visit us on Sundays and find out what's going on when you look at our website, www.bethany-lcms.org. Now, in the last two episodes... I've used this little introduction to give you some background about this podcast. So if you've listened to episode one and two, you know where this podcast comes from. And I want to continue sharing some of my sermons and also the ministry of Bethany that happens in and around our church. So right now, this is the middle of a series called Dear Timothy, Keep the Faith, a sermon series that I put together last fall. I wrote this series to bring out what's likely Paul's last writing that we have in the New Testament which also touches on some of the essentials of our Christian faith. This series was preached just before Bethany Lutheran launched a year-long celebration of both the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, uh, which is something that a lot of Lutheran churches are participating in, and the last year of our church working through some goals that we set to revitalize our mission and ministry. So we call this year Renewed by Reformation. In the next podcast, I'll share some more about what I'd like to do in the next few months. But right now, in this episode, episode three of Dear Timothy, Keep the Faith, the next thing you'll hear are the Alibu Singers. That's our children's choir at Bethany. Now, right now, the audio is a little soft, and I'm going to say you may want to turn up the volume just a little bit as you listen to this. I'll do what I can, not being an audio engineer, just to keep reminding you of that. It's not my first calling, but uh, having fun learning along the way. The message you'll hear, and this is my profession is preaching, <laughs> but uh, uh, in this series, I just had the Bible up in the pulpit with me and read through Second Timothy with the congregation, some comments prepared. And uh, uh, as we read through, uh, we're hearing some of Paul's last words in the New Testament. Uh, and again, some of the basics of the Christian faith. The next uh, music you will hear is some wonderful uh, organ that was played during our offering at that service by our organist, Linda Hemphill. Well, let's get to it. Kids, let's take it away. Kids, where are you? <laughs>
go. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And uh, I just have my Bible up here today because what we are doing as the Bethany family is reading through the Bible. Uh, in this case, reading through 2 Timothy, the territory we've covered already, looking at some of the circumstances where this letter uh, came to us. Uh, first of all, that Paul was in Rome probably sometime after the captivity that's mentioned in the book of Acts, because instead of there being an open uh, people coming to visit Paul and that sort of thing, uh, someone, a companion of Paul, has to search for him. Uh, we're going to find out some more circumstances uh, behind the second imprisonment when we get to 2 Timothy chapter 4 next week. Uh, we, in the first chapter, talked about Lois and Eunice and how Timothy is to guard the good deposit, the faith, that he has been given. In the second chapter, when Pastor Davis was here with you, uh, he shared about the contending for the faith, being like an athlete or a soldier who has to uh, train and contend uh, for the faith as well. And now we have, in chapter 3, faithfully teaching, I believe, as we will get from our text today. So let's just read through this together, beginning with uh, verses 1 through 8, chapter 3. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins, and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Jonas and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind, disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. So I guess let's start at the end there and then work our way back. Jonas and Jambres, as we talked about in our Bible study prior to the sermon today, as, as figures, you know, people who represent people who are opposed to God. They are references to the two Egyptian sorcerers that uh, had a competition with Moses. The only time they're mentioned by name in the Bible is actually here in 2 Timothy, but Paul is referring to a tradition that was there and some stories that have been passed around. Uh, but as I said, they represent people who are opposed to God. How do you know people who are opposed to God? Especially when they try to be, have an appearance of godliness that Paul writes about in his long list of vices. Well, Jesus said... By their fruit, you will know them. And he was speaking about false teachers, false prophets. And so it is some of the actions that are associated with those people. And now, if you, if you ruffled a little bit when Paul wrote about weak women, that, that's okay. I did too. <laughs> I was like, ugh. That's a, but it says coming into people's homes. So maybe back in Paul's day, people were going house to house and talking to the folks that were home. In this day and age, I think about the televangelists, you know, people who come into the home. Uh, and the, a couple of the more famous cases out there, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, you know, people were giving them money. Little did they know they were funneling, you know, funding the, the mirrored ceiling in their bedroom and things like that. 
um, you know, when these things come out, they're disgraceful. And that's why Paul says, don't be a lover of money or a lover of self. From those two things right at the beginning, have you derive all the other, all the other characteristics that are there, being disobedient to parents, proud, arrogant, abusive, slanderous, not having a good control of your tongue. Oh boy, but now when we say that though, there's some of these things that could apply to us too, isn't it? So it's easy to point at people who are obviously like that, but then we also have to ask God for forgiveness and and pray and keep working so that we ourselves are not in authenticating the message. You know, when we're supposed to be Christian, we're supposed to people are supposed to point to us in our lives as examples of good. Uh, then we want the Lord to help us do those things and not be, not be some of the characteristics that are described here in that long list that Paul gives to us. Paul goes on to write in verse 10, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's not painting a good picture of the last days, you know, those days between the time that Jesus first came and the time in which he will come again, those days that we live right now. We would almost accuse the apostle of being among the proud by saying, remember my life, my teaching, my patience, my love. Oh my goodness, pride goes before the fall, Paul. And yet all, every one of us who is an officer of the church, an elder, every teacher of the faith here, whether for Sunday school or VBS or anything, normally comes before the altar for a blessing and to make a promise. And one of those promises is to be faithful to God's word, but also to lead by example. Practice what you preach, in other words. That's, that's wisdom that is out there, not just in the church, but I think that's something that generally would be agreed to out in the world. Whether you're of the faith or not of the faith, people are looking to others to practice what they preach. If you say one thing, then you should be able to follow through with it with action. And that's what Paul is saying, follow my life, my patience, my love. And yes, church has persecutions as well. Those of us who don't live in a, in a situation where life and liberty can easily be taken away for contending or teaching the faith, for teaching about Jesus and talking about Jesus. There are brothers and sisters, of course, who do go through that. As Paul once persecuted the church, breathing out murderous threats, dragging people out of their homes, he knows full well that that's exactly the sort of thing that people of the faith may have to suffer through. But there's a certain quality, when we say practice what you preach, there's a certain quality to what we preach that enables us to be fearless, to stand up with courage, and to not be afraid of those that can destroy the body because we know one who keeps our soul. And that's what we have faith and confidence in. 
How do we know this? Verse 14, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and faithfully believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Every good work like those that we have just read. Every good work which counters the list of bad and the list of vices in the beginning of the chapter. And so I think we come here to, to the, the take-home point, if you will. The main thrust of this chapter is the sacred writings. That's what we are to teach. Now you could say, okay, fine, there's sacred writings that are out there. There's, there's the Vedic scriptures, the mystic scriptures of Hinduism, which have a certain meditative quality to them. There's the uh, legends about the Buddha, which are about avoiding pain and avoiding giving pain to others, well and good. Uh, there's, there's the Quran, which there's parts of which I have disagreement, we'll say, very strong disagreement, especially when it comes to how you treat others of other faiths. But there are some passages of wisdom there that I think are agreeable to good pe- thinking people. There are also, well, there's the Book of Mormon, which is a very strange text that's kind of taking the Old Testament and twisting it a little bit. I don't know what value is there, but to some people there is a value and that helps inspire some good things in their lives as well. So it isn't to criticize these other writings, but it is to say that there's a certain quality to the sacred scriptures. There's a certain thing that is there that I've seen in others and experienced in my own life. Because it's wonderful, these other scriptures that, that, that help to, inspire, if they inspire good things, well and good, let our yes be yes, and then the things that we disagree with will let our no be no. What makes us different is that the sacred scriptures, which are able to equip us for righteousness, aren't just telling us about doing good, which some other things could tell us to do as well, but it's basing that good on the love of Jesus Christ. Unlike these other things, I mean, Confucius may give you wisdom, but there's no other writing in the world that will show you the love of a God who would lay down his life for you and give you the power and strength to change your own life. I've seen this. There's no other power in the world like this power in the Bible, like the power that comes from the Holy Spirit into our lives. There was an individual uh, who came to our church in New York that uh, had seen Jesus, seen a movie about Jesus. I mean, not the, the most ideal testimony, if you will, but he saw Jesus on the cross. He grew up in a Jewish household, had a lot of respect for his parents and the traditions he grew up in. Uh, but he wanted to know more about this Jesus. He had friends who you could consult and talk to, two members of my church in particular who, like Priscilla and Aquila, took this guy under their wing, and, and we had a lot of conversations. He was a lead singer in a rock band, and, um, and we talked about music and, and talked about all the connections. There was a lot of things in his life that he wasn't proud of, and he found the strength to, to turn around, to repent, to, to, where maybe he was living for himself and living for the love of money, now giving his heart to Jesus Christ. 
But what had to happen first, and what gives the Holy Scriptures the quality that no other sacred writing has, is first he had to know the love of God. He had to see Jesus on the cross and know how much our, how fierce and powerful that, and passionate that love of God is for each and every one of us. And then he was able, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to have his heart open to that love and to love others in turn. Not to live for as a lover of himself and a lover of money, but to turn his heart around, to live for God, and to serve others as well. No other writing can do that. And that's why those sacred scriptures are sacred. That's why they are the center of what we believe, teach, and confess at Bethany Lutheran. So dear Timothy... Dear Bethany Lutheran Church, keep the faith. Encourage with love that we find here in the sacred scriptures and turn that love loose upon a world that's full in these last days with the darkness and evil but can be countered with the kindness and good that we find with our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds forever on Christ Jesus. Amen.